Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Do you know the one issue that's keeping you from God? Yes, it's just one thing, and it's not that God is partial or has something against you more than anybody else. God has no favorites. But there is one great problem that separates you from a holy God, and that is the problem of sin. Yes, sin has become almost an archaic term in our liberal society. People today, they make mistakes. Wrong choices, maybe. But the Bible calls it for what it really is, sin rebellion against God, going our own way, disregarding what he says. God tells us that over and over again in his word that sin separates. Sin brings death and destruction. But God also tells us in the Bible many times over that he has done something about our sin problem. He has provided a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. If you recognize yourself as a sinner, then God has good news for you. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey explains how this great sin issue has been taken care of once and for all at the place called Calvary. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. Now I have for sins underlined in my Bible. For sins. The just for the unjust. Now that just means the good one for the bad ones. You got it? That he, that's Christ, might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened or made alive by the Spirit. And so Christ once, and He'll only do it once, He only did it once, He suffered for sins. That's why. Why He came, that was His purpose. He came and He suffered for sins. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. I have that one underlined big time in my Bible. For sins. But this one says, he gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And the third place is in Galatians. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians 2 and verse 20. The Apostle Paul is writing to believers and he's talking about himself. And he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. 
yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. If you're saved tonight, Christ lives in you. So Paul was saying, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The purpose for Christ's death for sins. For how many? What provision was made? First Timothy said, He gave himself a ransom for all. But you could know all that and never go to heaven. Those of us who are saved tonight, we really love Galatians 2 and 20. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For sins, for all, for me. You understand that tonight? Do you wonder why you're not saved yet? Anyone here tonight wondering about whether there's some obstacle? Why aren't they saved? Let me ask you this. Would you like to be saved? Maybe you've heard of somebody else getting saved and you're not saved tonight. Would you like to be saved? Did you think about salvation this past week? It's wonderful to be saved. Man, when the phone rings or someone texts and they say, I got saved. Like I told someone really recently, I said, wow, that's worth a million dollars. Well, you know, that's a, I don't know because I've never won a million dollars, but I have a funny feeling that the news of someone passing from death, the dark road to life, the narrow way, man, that's far better than a million dollars. I don't, I've never won a sweepstake, but this is the greatest news of all. But you're thinking, I'm missing out. Oh, yes, you are. If you're not saved tonight, you are missing out big time. You can be saved tonight. Do you think God wants to save you? Do you think that God did anything specifically for you to make it possible for you to be saved? Say, come again. Do you think God did anything specifically for you to make it possible for you to be saved? Did Christ do anything on the cross specifically for you that made you thank him yet? Because when you find out somebody did something for you, I mean, I just had a nice supper. Like I was getting away from the table and a little bit of a rush, but I had to say, I mean, it was a beautiful supper. I had to say thank you. I appreciated it. When you discover that Christ did something specifically for you and died for your sins, my, the response should be, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. I didn't deserve it, but I appreciate it. Salvation is, is when you appreciate that he did that for me. He died for my sins. How do you think you'll know if you're saved? You think you're going to get a vision of Jesus dying on the cross? Close your eyes and visualize blood flowing. It's not going to happen again. Christ isn't going to die again. You're not going to actually be able to see him die for your sins with your own physical eyes. How, how do I know I'm saved? Well, there are a number of things I could say, but one of the most basic things is, I believe God tells the truth. And I read in this book that Christ died for sins, and I had definitely had sins. And so I know from this book that he did that. I know I'm saved. He died for me. I read it in here, and I thanked him, and I'm saved. 
Do you know you're saved tonight? Or you can't believe all that's in the Bible? What part of the Bible don't you believe? You believe about creation? I have to learn about evolution, but I don't believe it. I believe in creation, so you believe in Genesis. You believe in hell. You've never been there, but you believe it. You believe in heaven? Certainly, but you've never been there. You, how do you know about heaven? It's in the Bible, isn't it? You're taking God at His word. Do you believe that Jesus is going to come again? Do you believe the rapture is going to occur? You say, yes. I'm worried about it. How do you know it's going to happen? It's in the Bible, isn't it? But there's one little piece of the Bible you can't rely on, you can't trust. What is it? When you read Christ died for your sins, you can't take that. Everything else is true there. You can't take that. That's what salvation is. When you take God at His Word. And so, tonight if you want to be saved, we've got good news for you. You can leave this meeting with a smile on your face. You can be saved. You can have your sins forgiven. What would keep you out of heaven? You know, there's only one thing that God has against you. And it's sure not the clothes you have on. And it's not your looks. God only had one thing against me. It wasn't my long nose. I got it from my mother's side of the family. Um, that's, that's not what God had against me. And I had some idiosyncrasies. If you lived long enough with me, you'd know that he's not the easiest person to live with. But that's not what God had against me. What is the only thing that God has against me or has against you tonight? The only thing that will keep you from heaven and keep you from a relationship with Him. What is it? Your sins. Your sins. And if you could solve that problem, you could go home happy and free. And so I brought my spools of thread tonight, just in case you're a visual person. And some of you at the back won't be able to see this, but let us just say this is God and this is you. If you were to read in Isaiah, here's what it says. It says that your sins, your sins, have separated between you and your God. That's a fundamental problem. And when you listen to the gospel message, you have to take this really personal. You have to think about what is it that's keeping me from a relationship with God? What is it that God has against me personally? What is the issue between me and God? And when you read your Bible, you need to be asking yourself, what is God trying to tell me? Now, if you're buying a car, you check it all out. You take it really personal. You sit there in the driver's seat and you get all in and you adjust your seat and Man, you're going like this and you're checking your legs, seeing how, how long your legs are. Is there enough, is there enough leg room? And then you turn the knob and you say, oh, what's a sound system like this? It meet my ears requirements. It's all about whether it, you and the car are right fit. And you'll open the trunk and you say, man, I travel a lot and I don't know how to pack light. I take suitcases and suitcases and bags and bags. What kind of a trunk does it have? Does it have enough for my stuff? You're taking it personal, aren't you? And you adjust your seat and you say, that problem I have with my back, my lumbar, or whatever you call that thing, what's the, can it be adjusted? And it's all personal. Then you say, what's the price? 42 grand? Does it fit my budget? You take it personal, don't you? 
When you listen to the gospel message and you read Bible verses, you need to say, what is this about me? What's God saying about my sin? What does God's word say about what Christ did for me? You take it personal. This is the number one issue in your life. Your sins. Do you have a moment in your life when that problem was removed? We read in 1 Peter 3 verse 18, Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. This is a problem. Sin. Do you know, if you die with your sins, your sins will bring you to God. What an awful way to be brought to God. You have two options to consider tonight. You are going to be brought to God regardless. There are two ways to be brought to God. You'll either be brought to God in your sins after you die, and there will be no hope then, or Christ can bring you to God. That's what this verse says. And God is a holy God. God hates sin. But here's the problem. A lot of people have pet sins. But when God starts to deal with them, they think, that sin that I love, that pet sin that I love, is going to become my worst enemy. And it will. Because if you hold back from Christ as your Savior, because of something that you love in your life, the very thing that you love most tonight will haunt you most in eternity. And God must punish sin. He doesn't sweep sin under the carpet or anything like that. I remember my wife was away and we had a family, of, a huge family coming to visit us and Joy was away. And man, like I, I'd been home for about four days of my own and I wasn't really expecting company to arrive in her doorstep, but down they came from Ontario and they were just down the road and, and, uh, and our, and we, it wasn't carpet in our, in our kitchen. And, and I, you know what I did? I, I've heard that saying so many times, sweeping stuff under the carpet and I didn't know what that was until I was in panic mode and I, and I got going. It looked good, but God doesn't do that with your sins. Whoever has the sins on them must be punished. If you die with your sins, you will be punished. Whoever has the sins on them must be punished. Can you do anything to remove that obstacle? Could you pray that barrier away? If you cried and cried and cried for the next 24 hours, you think your tears could wash this away? If you never said another swear word and never told another exaggerated story, from now until you die, do you think it would remove your sins? The sins of the past? Is there anything you can do? You say, I don't think so. I wish you could get there tonight and say, absolutely not, I'm helpless. That's what Romans 5 and 6 says. When... I was yet without strength, totally unable myself, without strength, helpless. Christ died for the ungodly. Have you ever acknowledged this? There's nothing that I can do to get rid of my sins. When you realize that, it's a shock. You realize, I can't do anything. That's where you need to get to this evening when you realize, I can't do anything. Then you have to look outside yourself to see if there's someone who can do something for you. And the good news of the gospel says this, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. The purpose for Christ dying on the cross 
was for the very thing that you can't do anything about tonight. The very problem that you're faced with head on tonight, your sins. The Bible says Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. God looked at your need and he said, I love the sinner. And that sinner is guilty of all those offenses, but can do absolutely nothing to save themselves. There is only one way for them to be saved and for that barrier to be removed. And you know how the story goes? Christ Jesus came into the world. And at the cross, Jesus died. Do you know what happened? It says, Christ also hath once suffered for sin. Look in your Bible at 1 Peter chapter 2. It's very, very clear. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Look what it says. Who his own self, who all by himself. What's it say? He bare our sins. And this is what happened. My sins, your sins, our sins. Sin. He bare our sins. My sins were laid on Jesus. Jesus bore them on the tree. It's an old hymn that we sing. God who knew every one of my sins laid them on Him. And the rest of the hymn says, And believing, I go free. Remember that principle? Whoever has the sins on them must be punished for the sins. Let me ask you tonight, at Calvary, on the cross, who had the sins upon Himself? It says, His own self bear our sins. To bear means to carry our sins. And our load of sins is placed on Christ. He's the one with the sins now. And so what must God do? You often think of what the men did to him. They spat at him. They pulled his beard off his face. They crowned him with thorns. They put nails in his hands and his feet. That's what men did to him. But if that's all that had happened, and that would have been awful, that would never have taken our sins away. When our sins were placed on Jesus, God has to be true to Himself, His character. God punished Jesus. He had our sins. And God's wrath for our sins fell upon Jesus. And at the end of those hours upon the cross, Jesus said something. With a loud voice, he said, with a loud voice, it is finished. Finished. What did he mean? He meant, I finished suffering for sins. I finished dealing with the problem of Peter's sins. I have solved the sin problem. I have suffered for sins fully. It's all finished. And at Calvary, I understood that night at Calvary. Christ died for my sins. He finished it. 
God was satisfied that Jesus died for my sins. And that's all that God had against me in the first place. And Christ died for my sins. We read that. The man Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all. That included me. I was in that all. Did you ever discover that? He dealt with the sins 2,000 years ago. God was satisfied. He raised Jesus from the dead. Stamp of approval. Satisfied. And now the Lord Jesus says, Come to me. Everyone who is burdened with their heavy load of sin. And I will give you rest. The night I got saved, the Lord Jesus was welcoming me. He said, come. That night I came to him. And what does the verse say? It says, Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring me to God. And here's what, here's what Jesus did for me that night. He, Christ, brought me to God. And I am linked with him forever through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said, the Son of God, the Son of God Jesus, who loved me and he gave himself for me. Tonight, friend, if you're bothered about your sins, you need to understand that 2,000 years ago, according to the Bible, Christ died for sins. But did he die for yours? And if you could appreciate that's why Christ died and look to Christ tonight, the Bible says he will bring you to God and you will be accepted by God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest of all blessings. And once you're linked to him, you can never be severed, linked with him forever. Yes, Christ has certainly suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, to bring us to God. Would you rather that Christ bring you to God, cleared of all sin and guilt, and ready to go home to heaven? Or are you going to settle for your sins to bring you to God? What a tragic choice that would be, to stand before a holy God with sins that could have been forgiven, but weren't. We trust that our listeners today will take heed to the Word of God and receive the wonderful Savior for sin that God Himself has provided. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. 
And in times like these, you need an anchor.